Welcome to Bangalore Revival Center where we dream revival with God and serve people in love. It's a church devoted to celebrate God, pursue God, present God, imitate God and to host God. Now, here's a sermon from this weekend at church. Good evening all. Are we happy to be in the presence of the Lord? Amen. I'm the most delightful person that is here today. Not for any reason. Just one particular thing that I always have in mind. What is that? The love of God. Amen. Amen. Uh, before I go into the word, I just want to use this privilege to say a big thank you to Pastor Jojo, who has given me this privilege to share from God's heart. Thank you so much. Wherever you are, we pray the Lord will strengthen you and guide you in Jesus' name. And also want to thank Pastor Priji, who has been my mentor, my daddy. He has been there for me. And the last, the God Almighty who has made me and who has created me and made me who I am today. I'm so grateful, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Uh, today, what I want to, uh, should I call it preaching or teaching? Is something that happened to me personally. This is, you know, each time I share the word, it always comes from my personal encounter. And that really motivates me. It makes me move further. It makes me pursue harder. Amen. The topic of the sermon, sorry about the screen, is not showing. The topic of this sermon is... God purpose for mankind. What did I say? God purpose for mankind to have an uninterrupted relationship with man. God purpose is to have a personal relationship with you. And I, without what? Interruption. He just wants you to have focus. He wants you to do what? Pay perfect attention to his words. Amen. And this place takes me back to the book of Genesis. Let me read it for you. Genesis 2 verse 15. It says, The Lord God placed man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Amen. Do you, get, do you understand the verse? He said, The Lord God placed man in a garden of Eden to do what? To tend and watch over it. What is Eden? What is the definition of Eden? What do you understand that the scripture call that Eden? I went in search 
the meaning of this Eden. And I got a few words. One of these words makes me so delightful. And that makes me to pursue more harder. And I tell you, if you would take this step, you will really go more higher. You will understand the person of God, the person of Jesus, the person of Holy Spirit, more than you have ever known him before. Now, the Eden means a place of what? Interaction. For what the first definition said, unending joy, happiness. He called it paradise. Paradise is a place there is no pain. Not, you don't have to worry yourself. All you just need to do is to relax. Okay. And the reason why God placed man in this garden is to do what? To tender and to watch. Now I ask myself, what is the meaning of tending? God, why have you placed me in this Eden, in this garden of Eden, to tender? What am I tendering? He said, son, you have to watch. You have to take care of it. If there are any dirtiness, you need to cleanse it. If there are anything that you see that is wrong, you need to put it right. Then I was Still searching, I said, what is mean of watch? What am I watching? Watching, taking care of it. Not allowing any intruder to come in. Do not allow any negative things to approach to this garden. Then this place led me to understand. Yes, the first Adam has lost the garden of Eden. Why? Because of his unfaithfulness. He rebelled against God. He was deceived by serpent. And he went ahead and ate the fruit, the forbidden fruit. And when he does that, what comes? Okay. You need to see this. Uh, this first Adam who lost the garden of Eden he was exiled out of the garden of Eden he was sent away he lost that privilege he lost that precious moment he used to have with God now in this garden of Eden every night evening the Lord will appear and commune with Adam right he will come the all the both of all they will sit one on one father and son they will have a good conversation then Adam was enjoying this privilege until he failed because God said you must not eat from this fruit and he did 
And his eyes open. What did he see? He began to see the good and the evil. You know, let me tell you, you need to understand this. When you know too much, when you know too much, you begin to misbehave. Seriously, I have seen myself. This is what is happening to me. I have known too much of things of God. Then it led me to be proud of it. Then I began to fall from the grace. Adam knows too much that caused him to rebel. Because he has known too much, God wouldn't allow him to be in that place. When the Bible uses the word die, does not mean you die physically. It's talking about your personal relationship with God. That precious moment you usually have with him is no longer there. And as I was studying this particular place, asking myself, what is my duty? What do I have to do? Then the Lord lets me. He says, son, let me tell you one thing. The first Adam might have lost the Garden of Eden. And I exile him. But because of the love I have for you, I have sent my only begotten son, Jesus, to do what? To die for your sin. To pay for your ransom. Then that place take you to the book of Matthew 27, 51. I read. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two. What did he say? The curtain in the temple torn into two. Okay, let me go. I'll come to a explanation. He said from the top to the bottom and at shook, rocks split apart and tombs opened and the bodies of, of many godly men and women who had died were rose from the dead. Amen. Jesus came. He died. In the process of dying, he has to go a journey. What is that journey? The same journey the Adam went when he was exiled from the garden, Jesus re-embarked on the same journey. The first Adam, which is you and I, was exiled from the garden. Then Jesus came and died. What did he do? He went in the land of the dead. And the Bible says in the book of Matthew that that moment that when Christ gave up the ghost, he said, the curtain in the sanctuary split apart. What do you understand by this curtain splitting apart? That's what I was asking myself. And the Holy Spirit said to me, son, when the curtain was split apart, means Christ Jesus has set you apart. He told you out 
from the spirit of death, from the spirit of condemnation. He separates you from condemnation and bring you back to life. Bring you back to freedom. He takes every single filthy things in you and he took it away. He gave you a new life. That is what the Holy Spirit told me that this is the meaning of the cotton being torn apart. And it goes on saying that the earth shook. I could not, I don't know, I don't remember this verse very well that said that when Christ Jesus came into the land of the dead, then there was a shout that said, who is that? And a voice sounded said, he is the king of glory, the lion, the tribe of Judah. When he came, the, the, spirit, the land of the dead, the land of the grave, the so-called condemnation, the, the power of law, they, they recognized him. They knew, yes, the redeemer have come. He took every of our past. Even those who have died by law. Even those who have been condemned by law. He said that Jesus went in the land of the dead. He took all. He resurrected with them. Means you have died with Christ and resurrected with Christ. Now you are a new creation. Amen. Let's turn to the book of Ephesians 2, 19-22. So I read. So now, you Gentiles are no longer stranger and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. Amen. Say to someone by your side, you are God's holy people. Amen. He said you are members of God's family. Together we are his house. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophet. And the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. Amen. We are carefully joined together in him becoming a holy temple for the Lord through him you Gentiles are living you Gentiles are also being made a part of his dwelling where God lives by his spirit so my full sermon of the day comes from this efficiency in this place you will see where it talks about being joined together carefully. You will see a place it talks about your body is now the temple of the Holy Spirit. The temple where God dwells. And it goes on talking about how you are no longer stranger. We are all together God's people. Amen. Then you go further. Is the 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 right the writ up I put down? He said, "Our duty is to keep our body clean for our every second's conversation with our Father." Now, what do I mean by you keeping your body clean 
every second every second you have conversation with the father your body has to be clean what do i mean your body has to be clean if you look at the the, the book of ephesians it said your body is the temple of god where god's spirit dwells right amen then i went to the book of first corinthians 6 19 20. he said don't you realize that your body is the temple of the holy spirit who lives in you and was given to you by god do you not belong to yourself for god bought you with a high price so you must honor god with your body amen you must do what honor god with your body i wish the the projection is working i wanted to put a garden for you to see i want to ask just a question how many of us here that wash our cloth once in a month do we have anyone who washes clothes once in a month you wore it from the first day of the month to the 30th of the month that that's the way the day you wash okay have you wore your cloth for one week without washing two days no two days okay praise god that means our god our church is a neat church <laughs> yeah you know the bible said it cleanness is close to godliness when you are clean physically believe me you are drawing yourself close to god so i ask the question just for a reason and that reason is if you will feel so filthy when you put on the same clothes you wore yesterday if you feel uncomfortable with the same clothes you wore yesterday then tell me how much filthy god will feel how much irritating you have, you might cause the holy spirit who dwells in you now i want you to get one thing in mind the first adam lost the garden of eden then jesus came and he bought back the same garden but i tell you if you don't understand that is what the holy spirit told me son you are the garden the eden is the holy spirit that dwells in you then i go shock i say how come you might have preaching of this same topic in a different you know dimension holy spirit give different vision different interpretation to everyone but i tell you because of what I'm, i was going through god opened my eyes through the holy spirit to understand my dear you are the garden the holy spirit is the eden because whenever you come in the presence of the lord who give you the access to come in with your father the holy spirit true of us 
Without the Holy Spirit, there is no way you can connect. That means everything you are doing is just formality. Then I go further in searching of this person of the Holy Spirit. Then I went and looked at the garden. I checked the garden. Man, the garden is so beautiful. If you, if you just imagine the most beautiful garden that you have been. The most beautiful place. The beautiful garden you have set your eyes on. You sat down. You were just like, man, this place is so cool. Fresh air comes. There's a one certain time we have the program here. The Lord opened my eyes. I saw this garden. Believe me, when I was checking the garden in the projection from the laptop Penice was using, I saw the same garden. I said, this one, use it. It was so lovely. Man. And this garden is endless. I couldn't see the end. God was speaking to me then who I was. But I didn't understand it until he brought me down to the new, to the beginning, letting me to understand you are the garden. The garden is so beautiful that everyone wants to go and sit and have fresh air. You see people coming into the garden. Whoa, man, this place is so beautiful. I, I love it. They admire the garden. Why? Because it's well taken care of. Everyone has been assigned in the garden. You have to do the cleaning. You have to cut the flower whenever it's overgrown. How much are you taking care of the garden that you are carrying? What do you understand that you need to take care of? If this garden was so dirty, believe me, if there is a heap of waste in that garden that is stinking smell, as soon as the people come to the entrance, they will all run back. Right? If you come there, you wouldn't want to stay. Why? Because it's smelling. That is who we are. We are the garden. What is the stinky smell? The things you see, your mind absorbs it. Then you begin to walk, putting them into practice. It becomes part of you. We need to take care of our body very well. We need to look at what we do and what we say. The wells of our mouth, our attitude. Amen. Amen. Okay. Our unfaithfulness lost the garden of Eden through our loss of flesh what did I say our unfaithfulness 
lost the garden of Eden through our loss of flesh. When your body, see, this body is so deceived, is so deceptive, it can deceive you. But when you understand that you being on this earth is not all about you having everything you want. Understand it's all about what God wants for you. Then you can move to the next level. Let me take you to the book of King 8, 48, uh, 46, 50. It said, when they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and give them over to their enemies. Who take them captive to their own lands, far away or near? And if they have a change of heart in the land where they were held captive and repent and plead with you in the land of their captors and say, we have sinned and have done wrong. We have acted wickedly and if they turn back to you, <laughs> if they have turned back to you with all their heart, I love this place. He said, if they have turned to you with all their heart, and so in the land of their enemies, who took them to captive and pray to you towards the land you gave their ancestors. <laughs> towards the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name. Then from heaven your dwelling place. Hear their prayer and their plead. And uphold their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you and forgive all their offense and they have committed against you and cause their captors to show them mercy. Amen. Amen. This place is talking about how sin have takes us into the captivity. Why? Because of selfish interest. Self-want. You are not asking the, the spirit of the Lord, what do you want me to do? What is the next thing you want me to do? What is the next thing you want me to say? What is the next thing you want me to think? You are just thinking your own. You shouldn't think your own. What you should think is what the spirit of the Lord wants you to think. Amen. When they sin, they sin against God. We sin against God. The same thing happened. When first Adam rebelled against God, when he sinned against God, God exiled him. What do you understand God exiling him? God did not exile him to kill him. He just took him out. Give him. 
Adam don't have to walk. Adam don't have to tell the ground before he eat. But when the Lord exiled him, he has to fetch for himself. He has to go through pain before he could feed himself. And that is what sin does to us. When we sin against God, we go into captivity. But I love what the scripture said. It said, if your people will turn from their sin and ask for forgiveness with all their heart and soul. He said, from heaven, your dwelling place, hear your people, forgive them and cause their enemy to do what? To be merciful unto them. Amen. First John 1 John 1.9 It says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we, if we, wow, are faithful, if you can come with all your heart, the same scripture, when it says faithfulness, it's also saying when you confess your sin with all your heart. Here it is saying, when you come just for one purpose, let him forgive me, then I get what I want, go back to the sin. He's not saying in compromisation you should compromise because you are in pain. You shouldn't come to God because you are going through trials. You shouldn't come to him in asking forgiveness because you are facing a lot of storm in your life. You should come to him with all your heart. If we are faithful and just if we are faithful, he will forgive our sins. He will forgive and cleanse us from all wickedness. Let me tell you, there is no one on this earth which we are dwelling would not say he doesn't sin. There's no one who is saying that he has not envy or had evil thought in his mind. But you shouldn't Practice the evil. The thought comes. Who brings the thought? The enemy. Who wants you to go into captive? Yours is to rebuke with the word of God. Not to walk in that direction that the, 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 the power of flesh is leading you to. Amen. As soon as we understand that God's will and purpose for us is the best. There we began to shine for Christ. Amen. If I tell you that even today we still eat the same forbidden fruit that caused the downfall of the first Adam by 
disobedient of God's word. When we eat the forbidden fruit, we automatically open the door for destruction. And that is why God exiled us to call us to an account. It means to turn from sin and seek him. Amen. When God exiled us, is not to kill us. You know, sometimes we say, my enemy, my enemy, devil, they are doing this. Oh, one demon just come. Let me tell you, these verse opened my eyes. And I believe God has spoken to you and also do the same. That you'll understand that it's not the demon who makes you to go through the trial that you go through every day. Most of these trials is because of our sin, because of our faithfulness. Yes, Christ has died. He said, any man in Christ Jesus is a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. We are not being held from the power of the law, but the grace. But let me tell you, you have to work on the grace. The grace is not for free. Remember, the scripture said, shall we continue sinning that grace may abide? He said, no. You cannot dwell in sin day and night. And I spare the Holy Spirit to come and fill you. The Holy Spirit to give you inspiration. Open your eyes. Tell you when to make a step and when not. When you Allow the Holy Spirit to teach you what you need to know. You will not find yourself in the exile. Okay. I tell you one thing. This is what I've seen and it really shakes me. I look at myself every time. Then I ask, why do I always go up and down? What is the problem? Why? 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 I ask the question. Then I come to realize that I'm the cause. When you sin, when you dwell in sin, what God does is to stay away from you. When you become a partner of sin, the spirit of the Lord, which is, which is the Holy Spirit, he departs from you. You know, he moves gradually. He doesn't just leave you in instance. He leaves you little by little. Then when he's not there, you have opened the door for your enemy to attack. It's so simple. You won't expect me, John, to come to your rescue when you always fight me, slap me, 
and you don't take my advice, if I come to you and tell you, my dear, please, this thing you are doing is wrong, bam, on my face. Boom, one punch. My face swells up. My mouth goes so big. My legs are crippled. Why? Because of you. Then, a group of men, very healthy and strong, came and attacked you. Then you expect me to stand up from that ground and come and rescue you. No, I can't come. One, I'm crippled by you. And I've received the worst blow of my life. That is what we do to the Spirit of the Lord. That is what you and I do to Holy Spirit. That when we sin constantly, what we are doing, we are giving a heavy punch on him. We are telling him, get out of here. And by doing so, he runs off. Then the enemy comes and bull you. You began to complain. Oh, is that brother who is doing to me? Oh, is that sister? Yes, he said it last time. He's going to deal with me. No. The Lord said that I should make it known to you. No one is fighting you. You are fighting God yourself. When you rebel against God, he will take you to exile. That is why you have to go through punishment. But when you understand and come back to your senses and go to him and ask for forgiveness, what did he do? The Holy Spirit will come back in a freshness. He will fuel you. He will make you whole again. That is why I tell you, when we sin, God exile us, not to destroy us, but is to call us to account. The account is mean for we to turn from our sins. What am I teaching today? The topic of my teachings today is very understandable. You are the lost garden. The Adam, the first Adam, have lost at the past. The Lord Jesus has come and brought it back for you. He gave it to you in a platter of gold. He said, if you remember, the scripture said that anything you do to this body, you will give account of it when Christ will come, right? Even a tattoo you draw on your body, you will give account of it. That is to tell you how much that this your earthly flesh is so important to God. You know, sometimes we just understand that we are just this, you know, this cloth we wore, this is our skin, we call it cloth. According to the scripture, it's just a mere cloth. No! It's not just a sand. It's not, it does not just a make clay. Remember what the Bible said. He said, I made you in my own image and likeness. If we have flesh, 
God is illustrating something to you. How he is. That he is just, just a spirit. He's not just a spirit. He dwells in you. You carry the presence of God, which is the Eden, which is the Holy Spirit. God valued this skin so much. So, the earlier you begin to take care of your body by not allowing the lust of flesh to lure you into sin. Because, I tell you, if your body tells you, do this, and you know that is wrong, do not. I have learned to control my eyes, the thought of my mind, not by my strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's only when you give the Holy Spirit the access, He will be your God. He will be your advocate, your mediator. He'll always teach you what to do and what not to do. Sometimes I'm riding on the road, I see something. My, you know, the devil is so tricky. He will tell you, whoa, brother, imagine if you have this. Man, you're going to enjoy it this way. Do this, do that. You know what comes to my mind next? I'll reject you in Jesus' name. If you will put this word into your mind, Jesus said in Matthew, resist the devil and he will flee from you. How do you resist the devil? The devil is not a human. He's a spirit. Only what he does, he can't force your hand to do that which you are doing that causes you to go to exile. The only thing he does is to whisper words into your ear. Omosefe. Hey, look at that girl. What do you think? Then, oh you man. You begin to imagine what to do next. When you are pondering on those thoughts, those thoughts become part of you. Those thoughts becomes you. From being part of you, it becomes you. Then you began to plan. From step one, step two. Then you act it. I'm sorry, if, you're, if you get caught, when you put it into act, you go, oh, devil, devil. Oh, it's not devil. You wanted it. Remember, you set a plan. You thought of it several occasions before you commit it. Sometimes we say it, that we don't have to be holy or pure. No, God wants you to be holy and pure. How? Because you are his temple, his dwelling place. God does not receive a filthy sacrifice. Remember the scripture said, if you are bringing an offering or your tithe to the house of the Lord and you have Mr. standing with your brother or friend, 
He said, keep the offering, go back, make peace with he or her, then bring it to the Lord. Why? Because he want a perfect offering. He want a perfect sacrifice. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Lord. His dwelling place. How do you expect God? How could it be him that is read this much? No. Man, I have to find a way to pull him down. No, this guy is so clever. He's so full of wisdom and knowledge. He's so full of knowledge. He's the favorite in the school. How can we pull him down in your working place? Whoa, no, that brother, we have to find how to kick him out of this office. He has taken everything from us. Such a thing brings your downfall. I was telling a sister today morning, I said to her, I said, look, frowning your face would do you a lot of harm. Getting angry would do you a lot of harm. How? When you are physically angry, you are blocking the door of blessing. You are shutting the Holy Spirit off from you because Holy Spirit don't like this unwanted anger or jealousy. Jesus got angry for right purpose. But when you get angry for unnecessary reasons, something that is worthless, you are causing yourself harm. So, what I'm telling you today, which what the Holy Spirit is asking me to tell you, that you shouldn't have partnership with the things of the earth. You should not allow yourself one, yourself desire to take you into exile. Always abide in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because that is what God wants from you. He wants you to be perfect. He don't want any misinterruption. He don't want any interruption from anyone around you. He wants to have a personal father and son relationship. When we keep our body clean, when we don't allow this negative voice to rule us, God has the open access to speak to us. You know, it's so beautiful. When you, you know, I don't know if any of you have encountered this. Sometimes I just see it in, in my table. I begin to have discussion with God. I don't know if you, if you experience that. You know how, it, how I go about it? I open my scripture, the Bible. Then, before I do that, Holy Spirit, come. Lead me to the cross. Open my eyes that I might have conversation with my father. Then I open, I said, give me a verse where you want I and my father to discuss. Believe me, the verse I will open always have to do with my personal life. God would always want to talk to me of my wrongdoing. Our father, I'm a father. Pastor Robin is a father. He cannot look at Shiloh going to the fire without telling Shiloh, come back. And if Shiloh takes something 
to harm herself. Then Pastor Robin said, Shiloh, please drop it. And Shiloh drops it. He will have more joy to correct Shiloh more often. That is what God wants from you. When I sit down and talk to God, God will tell me, son, this is where you are wrong. This is what you must do. Then we have interaction, father and son. And it's so delightful. You will see me sitting on that table, writing, smiling. My wife will come across, she will come. Baby, why are you laughing? I say, my dad, you don't understand. Yes, because she don't know what I'm feeling at that moment. Pastor Caroline once said, Kachi, if you want to travel, if you want to travel to Kenya, you can travel to Kenya in a one second. I'm like, how come? He said, yes. Pastor Caroline, he said, if you want to travel to Kenya, right here as you are in India, you can do that. I said, how come? She said, I have done it several occasions. I say, so teach me, please. I would love to know you. Then she goes, it's not difficult. The Holy Spirit is there. Ask him to take it to Kenya. He's more speed, more faster than any automobile you can think of this planet Earth. In a second, he is everywhere. I will sit down. God will talk to me. He will take me round of the place I haven't been. He will show me things I have not seen. Why? Because I choose not to listen to the negative voice that will cause uninterrupted relationship, discussion. The ongoing interaction that I'm having with my father. I don't want any confusion or any distraction. That is why I don't pay attention. I'm not saying that my life is 100% good. But I'm telling you what God is teaching me day and night. And I believe a day shall come when you will ask the Lord by the Spirit to teach you the life he wants you to live. If you look at Jesus Christ, whenever he prayed, he welcomed the presence of the Holy Spirit. The presence of his father is always there. That is the only thing that gives him the access to his father. The same thing applicable to you and I. And that comes to the ends of my sermon today. And I said, always walk in the path of the Lord. Look at God's purpose for you. God's purpose for mankind is to have uninterrupted conversation. He don't want anything to cause distraction. He don't want you to be confused. Sometimes people say, I'm confused. You are not confused. You are confused because you want to be. I don't want to be confused anymore. That is why I have asked the Lord. And he has opened my eyes and teach me how to go about my daily life. And I believe as you have heard this message, from today henceforth, your life will change automatically. 
because I know the Holy Spirit has put something in you that you be hungry for, that you long after the heart of God. Amen. Shall we stand up our feet? Precious Lord, take my hands, lead me home, let me stand. I am tired, I'm weak, I'm old. Through the storm, through the night, lead me home, lest I fall. Precious Lord, take my hands, lead me home. I stay, I stay in love with you. I stay, I stay in love with you. Holy God, to We hope this week's sermon from Bangalore Revival Centre was a blessing to you. To remain connected or to visit us, find all the information on dreamingrevival.com.